In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are really, really honored to have our first guest ever on the show. I mean, this is gigantic. Nick Fitzy Stevens joins us. He is from WEI, and uh, he's on Six Rings and Things, right? Isn't Six Rings and Things our podcast? Yeah, Six yeah. Rings and Football Things. Six rings I, I, and football. I, I, yeah, I guess that probably could have gone to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers podcast as well. But considering the factory of sadness that uh, formerly Ketchup Stadium is in right now, they <laughs> borrowed the title from you guys. We figured we could run with it. I'm surprised you're not. It's always game day in Boston because everybody else has hacked that from us. Cincinnati, yeah. Buffalo, who else? I, yeah, I know, right? What's up? With, what's up with other people like you know copying the IP within the company here? Like it's always game day in blank. Like you guys got that and ran with it, sort of like play play an homage of course to to philadelphia and the great tv right. show like you know come up with your own podcast title guys uh, you could uh, I, talk to our two, you two talk words to our available hours it. less for the legal department to vet yeah. oh ex exactly because we don't well, how many different lawyers do we have on retainer as well and, and, and you know after this i'm gonna jump off and do a quick spot on the buffalo bills podcast it's called 13 seconds or less <laughs> I just need to get that in there because I know Buffalo Bills think they run the AFCs for the next 10 or 15 years. But until they're, they win a ring, then it doesn't mean a thing to me. Listen to that. That's poetic. All right. Who's playing quarterback for you? Can you help me with that first? Who's That's a great question. That is the million dollar question. Or as Bill Belichick would say, because he loves making references from before my time. That's uh, a $64,000 question right there, Andy. Uh, I, my guess right now, I still say they play the kid. I'm still all about the zappy hour and not just because he's injected um, a necessary breath of life into the fan base, into the team and into the 2022 storyline. I, I think, I think the Patriots have a pretty good chance of, of winning Sunday because the two teams facing off Sunday at, at first energy are very similar. Some are even calling this like the Spider-Man meme game because it's sort of like, Hey, you have a lousy run defense and an opportunistic secondary and rely heavily on the run. Hey, so do you guys. Hey, you used to play for the Patriots. Hey, so did you. Hold on a second. We're the same. Stefanski wants to be Belichick. Belichick used to coach there. Everyone loves and hates Belichick. OMG, this is the same damn teams playing each other. Um, I still think Bailey Zappi could win the game, but from what I saw now at practice earlier today, it looks like Mac Jones legitimately is trending in the right direction. And I don't just think that that was Patriots front office speak that Jeremy Fowler was sort of like chumming the waters with earlier saying Mac has a decent chance to play. Um, I would rather rest him as long as possible. And I would rather also Mac Jones sit back and see what the Patriots are doing over the last couple of games by just taking it easy, running very fundamentally sound football enough with the 50, 50 shots, just run, run, play action, smart, protect the ball. Uh, you know, do everything you can to bring out your strengths and attack their weaknesses. Um, but if he's healthy, I think it'll be Mac Jones. So right now it's a complete coin flip. So is Boston trying to steal Cleveland's the backup quarterback is the most popular dude on the team bit now? Is that yeah. what's going on here? That's it. That's exactly what we were going for. I think the Patriots a couple of weeks ago were like, ah, this season isn't going the way we want to. Who can we look to for inspiration? Who has America really rallied around recently that we could possibly tap into the good vibes of? Oh, I know Cleveland. Because when all else fails, you go Browns. Right? Am I right, guys? Uh, oh, you have no choice. Absolutely. Yeah, you're 100%. There's no right. choice. Uh, America loves it. 
Amer- oh God, there's nothing America loves. It's God, what a strange, strange time this is for the Cleveland Browns to go from like America's heart, you know, tough luck, hard loss, sweetheart that everyone sort of pulls for or leaves a candle and an empty beer and maybe a half eaten Polish boy in the window for. And now everyone's just like, ugh, the Browns gross. Uh, and it's that's all it Deshaun me- though, right? That's all. Yeah, hundred oh, I mean, percent. Like, Haslam yeah, and Deshaun, hundred percent. What's what's the Cleveland vibe on Deshaun in Boston? Oh, terrible. And this is coming from Boston, and it's you know it's hardly it's hardly as if like Boston doesn't have anything that it should should sh- rather I should say shouldn't repent for or isn't guilty of. I mean, like you you know it, name the accusation, and there's a good chance Boston or the Patriots or Belichick or whatever has committed it, done it. Or you guys didn't figure out that we did it, and you know that's fine. Hey, listen, you know if you know if you if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Uh, but uh, no, that's all. That's all about Deshaun in that regard. Um, and it's a very strange spot to be in too, because you know obviously you got the twenty years of Brady, then Cam Newton comes in as the bright shiny object over here for a year to try and distract everyone during COVID, and he's the guy who follows the goat. And then they get Mac Jones, and Mac Jones basically just flashes in the pan last year they go back to the playoffs they buy a relevant squad spending you know the budget of a pirates of the caribbean movie and free agency uh they go 10 and 7 but they get their doors their teeth and their jowls blown off uh by buffalo not even making them punt in not one but two consecutive games over a three-week span and hope is kind of lost and the way this season started the install of the new offense the rocket surgeons and the formerly failed head coaches coming in as the offensive coordinators or the point scoring brain trust, whatever you want to call Patricia judge Belichick at all. It was bumpy. It was ugly. And everyone was ready to bail. Ratings were down. Morale was low. And all it took was some scrappy looking little six footer with a buzz cut to come in and that aw shucks, golly gee whiz attitude. And next thing you know, Boston's like, Hey, this guy, he looks like Welka and he throws a nice pass. I think I like him. Let's go. And so now all of a sudden people are charged up. And I think that's kind of why, people would like to see Zappy play one or two more times because there's a definite feeling in Pat's nation now of uh, a renewed sense of hope and energy again. Well, you know, so much uh, credit is being given to the Patriots this week because they blew out Detroit last weekend. And I like to remind everybody it's the lions. Um, that being said, it's like a dad dunking on his nine-year-old in the park, right. like, like playing hoop, <laughs> playing hoops in the driveway. Like every now and again, dad wants to give like, you know, a rock bottom or a pile driver to their kid when you're wrestling on the bed, just to remind the kid who's in charge or to feel good about yourself. But come on, you're dunking on a nine-year-old. But but this uh, Stevenson, you know, ha- ran for what one sixty or so. He basically had a Nick Chubb day uh, mm-hmm. against the Lions. I'm guessing this is what the plan is for the Patriots. They're going to kind of copy what the Browns have tried to do offensively with Jacoby Brissett, and that is just kind of really work off him. Is that is that is that uh, how you see it? Uh, completely. And if you know, what's funny about Dame, uh, excuse me, rather, I should say Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I don't know a lot of other Ramondres. I don't know why I would get his name wrong, but like Ramondre Stevenson or the Ramonster, as some people like to call him. Um, he's kind of like, it's interesting. Like Damian Harris is like a, a one cut power back, uh, very traditionally styled, but he gets hurt a lot. He's a good running back, but, uh, ha- Stevenson is like, it's almost like if you took Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt fully healthy 
and you put them in like the Brundle fly machine or like, you know, that's a deep pull for everyone who didn't know. I just referenced the fly. Um, or you just put him in like some sort of machine where you fuse the best of both of them. Like he's got soft hands. He's great catching the ball. He's got great lateral movement and juke ability. But if you need him to put a shoulder down and get some things done and say, hey, I'm the juggernaut blank, then he can also do that as well. He's, he's about 6'1", 230. Um, definitely at times will remind people of Le'Veon Bell, but also has power adjacent to somebody like Nick Chubb. Nick, Nick Chubb is not even a real person. I mean, he's, he is like, he's, I call him the weather because whether you prepare for it or not, it's going to come. And whenever it arrives, it's still going to be more miserable than you predicted or prepared for. And believe me, none of that has to do with the fact that you drafted the wrong Georgia running back, Belichick. That's called Sony Michelle syndrome. That's okay. We have drafted the wrong player for the last, I don't know, 20 something years. years. We finally got two right. Right, Was that the original title of this podcast? Welcome we, back to We Drafted the Wrong Player Again with Andy and Daryl. <laughs> no, it's yeah, actually, we couldn't get that through legal. We tried. No, or Draft Day is so our Super Bowl. <laughs> that was the exactly. other one. Exactly. Like, hey, it's, it's welcome back to the backwards. Yeah. <laughs> 1999. That's what the welcome Browns back to doing. the backwards stadium walk with Daryl and Andy. Yeah, right. I, I always I, say that the, anyone that goes in the Hall of Fame from 1999 to present day, that re- that's from the, a- the AFC North, it is a requirement in their Hall of Fame speech that they thank the Cleveland Browns because <laughs> the Browns are the reason they put together a Hall of Fame career. Why, just because we were good for two uh, wins a year for them? At 100%. least. Uh, I Listen, I, I think a lot of people, like I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of people do like love Cleveland and that's why they're kind of conflicted now. Like I personally do. I've had nothing but a great time every time I've ever gone there as a fan for work was there in 2016 for Brady's first game back following the garbage deflate game suspension. I've hung out in the Muni lot a number of times I've done shirtless keg bowling and, you know, put away IPAs and, you know, tossed a couple pierogies away out there with all the, the, the Cleveland fanimals. Like it's an awesome, awesome, awesome sports city. And I'm sure you guys are like us and that you love when the team reflects the identity of the city and the caliber and quality of the people. And when these Browns are firing on all cylinders right now, which you haven't really seen because the starting quarterback is suspended for, for reasons and things that none of us even care to discuss further because they're just salacious and obnoxious. But um, you know, the Brown, like those are who the Browns are. And you know, if you guys play that way on Sunday, um, cause the teams I think right now are playing very similar complementary, risk averse power running play action football with, you know, mediocre rush defenses, but you know, opportunistic secondaries, we could be in for a really tight, entertaining game. Hmm. All right. One random question. Then we'll probably wrap up this, this, this segment. I've just, we drove by Foxborough. We were just took a road trip, my wife and my kids and we drove by and I, and we had a bunch of friends that were playing hockey at the complex too. Their kids were over there. Skating, how good is that complex? Because there's a lot of talk here in Cleveland about trying to build something similar, maybe not so close to the stadium or away from it. Is that a destination? Are people going to Foxborough to, I don't know, to for, I don't know, to explain it to me because we drove by it, but I didn't get to see it. And it looked pretty awesome. Oh, the mall that Tom Brady built? Just, yeah, like, place? <laughs> yeah, just everything that's over there. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to go out of your way to go there. Like, it's not the mall of America. It's not a Six Flags. So, it's, you know, if you're there 
and you don't, if you come in from out of town, right. And you don't have a tailgate that you guys get invited to. And I know Cleveland fans, you guys get after it in only ways that I know college football fans can like the closest thing that you'll get to the iron bowl or world's largest outdoor cocktail party in the NFL is new Orleans, Kansas city, and Cleveland. Like you guys are professional eaters, drinkers, and partiers. And, my theory has always been like, how come like all these fans of teams that are really cruddy, like they know how to party and they're great at tailgating because a, they can only be undefeated in one thing. And that's the pregame party. And B the flavor is always on the bottom. Like think about it, lobsters, soup, you know, uh, mussels and fries. Like that's why we dip the garlic bread in your sadness. And that's what makes Cleveland so freaking wonderful. That said, you know, the mall that Tom Brady built Patriot place, like, it's fine for a game day if you don't get invited to a tailgate. There's a brewery. There's a couple of fun restaurants. There's a music spot. You can do some shopping. Uh, there's a few Instagrammable eateries and whatnot. But, like, it's not something you're going to go out of your way to be like, bucket list, bro. Spend a day and a half making a bunch of impulse purchases uh, and eating mediocre clam chowder at Patriot Place. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fun. not Fenway. It's not no. No, 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 no. Gillette Stadium's Gillette Stadium's fine. You'll notice now, like you'll see cranes in the end zone because they tore down the light tower uh, and the lighthouse rather that was in the end zone. And they're building a new one with some luxury suites. So like the, we like to say the cranes in the end zone are like a giant metaphor for this team. Like it might be great. We're not really sure, but it is 100 percent under construction and everybody can't wait to see what it's like in a year. Daryl, last question. You take it away. How many deflated footballs is Bill packing for this weekend? Oh, gee, hold on a second. I didn't bring a spare pair. I didn't bring a spare pair of wooden underwear to put back on now that I fell off my dinosaur. Come on, Daryl. That was come on. That was kind of old. Come on. Game film. How many drones has he ordered to try? Oh, jeez. Oh man, I I, I don't want I don't want to pull I don't want to pull I don't want to pull an Ernest Biner and fumble away my chance to answer your question here. Uh, It was Biner, not Mac, right? It was Ernest. Yeah, yes. it was Ernest. I know. I hated that too. I remember. I remember as well. Uh, now, you know, the funny thing is, I don't think the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots have had a good cheating scandal. Although I will say, it is kind of fun that anytime something goes south or asunder with another team in the NFL, somehow all roads back, all roads lead back to Foxborough. Probably what we should have called the Six Rings of Football Things podcast. Like, think about it. This past offseason, Miami loses a first round pick. Stephen Ross, the whole Tom Brady thing. And that was real, by the way. Like I had heard from friends who knew people in and out of the outside the organization. Like he had been talking to them for ages. That was that was legit. That was all on the way down low. And then it started to boil to the surface. And look what happens. Belichick ends up texting the wrong Brian. Oh, or did he text the wrong Brian? And. Next thing you know, Dave all goes to the Giants. Oops, Tom Brady can't go to Miami. Oh, no, it cost them a couple of draft picks. Belichick's going to blame it on fat thumbs or being a grandpa iPhone user. Please, Belichick, please. He no knows chance. what he's, you know, he knows what he's doing. All right. I won't bring up Paul Bird and the whole steroid thing during. Never mind. I'm not going there. Thanks. <laughs> Remember, he pitched Agent. here, too. What uh, would what, what, you say, Daryl? Paul Bird pitched for the Indians, too. No, it was when he was pitching for the Indians, and suddenly there was a steroid scandal from mm. the Mitchell report the old while we were in Boston. What do you guys still – let me ask. What is Cleveland still saltier at Boston for? The entirety of Bill Belichick or the Red Sox comeback in Game 5 of the ALDS in 1999 when Pedro Martinez had a yeah. 
shoulder hanging off and pitch six perfect innings in relief. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I mean, like, I've never really. ALCS. Oh, ALCS. My, I forgot about yeah. that. You brought out Josh Beckett's girlfriend to tr- like the ultimate anthem troll. And he just th- he threw straight gas homie that night. That's oh, I forgot you I'll guys. Be honest, like, I think the biggest misconception in the world is that the Browns fired Bill. They didn't. Art did. And they were already in Baltimore. He that's wasn't right. fired here. So that's why I don't get too salty about that. Oh, that's a good point. You're right, Andy. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one team's trash is another team's uh, very grumpy, sleeveless, successful treasure. So thank you, guys. There you go. All right. We'll Actually, see you in the beauty lot next time. Jets, here. Don't you? I look forward to it, guys. I got a three-point game on Sunday. It could go either way. All I know is it's going to be entertaining, and it was uh, a pleasure being on game day in Cleveland. Well, this, I'll give you a hint. Run the ball every play, and you, you'll win at this point because we can't stop the run. <laughs> that's my game day influence for you. You guys have given up 440 over the last two weeks, so that's 220 a game. To quote Mr. Mom, uh, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Good night, Fitzy. Thank you. We appreciate you. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Back with more. It's always game day in Cleveland right now.